It's all about connection. How do you speak in a way to where people are glued to what you're saying? Like they feel you're engaging with them, that you're interesting. They sit up, lean forward and listen to you when they so frequently tune other people out. Four tips that I've learned in a lifetime of studying, connecting with an audience in this episode. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. This episode of the Culture Hacks Podcast is sponsored by Lead in 30. Leading others is hard. Learn how to create clarity, alignment, and movement at leadin30.com. There are so many things (laughs) that I am not good at, that I need to improve at, that I just suck at. But connecting with an audience is not one of them. And I say that with humility because I've got lots to improve on and I'm working on it. And there's, I certainly haven't reached the finish line on this, but I've developed some skills and I get feedback a lot. You all, I mean, again, there's so many areas where I, I just, I'm not good. I'm a novice. I'm a beginner. This is one area that I have been a student of my entire life. I studied it in college. I started working on it in high school and then I, I've just worked on it and worked on it and worked on it and sought out anyone that seems to be effective at it. And I think I've developed a, a set of skills where I'm fairly good at it. Again, not the best in the world necessarily, and I, I've got lots to improve on, but I want to share with you in this episode some of the things that I've learned in connecting with an audience, I routinely receive feedback of all the, you know, each of us has a set of core strengths, right? You're good at these two or three or five or 10 things, and you're better than most people at it. And, and my set of three or four or five things is different than yours. And connecting with an audience is certainly one of the things that I've developed skills in. And uh, I get feedback routinely from the executives that we consult and coach or at church or with different people like, Russ, how do you do that? Or like, can you help describe for me how to get better at connecting with an audience and to speak in a way, whether it's in a Zoom meeting at work or whether it's standing at a pulpit or or a microphone at church or a community meeting or wherever it is, can you help me get better at that? And that's what I want to do in this episode. Welcome in to the Culture Hacks podcast. I'm Russ Hill. I make my living coaching and consulting senior executives of some of the world's largest companies. You can find out more about what our firm does, who we work with, what kind of work we do with the leadership teams that we work with, and how we might be able to help you on an individual or team or organization-wide basis. Just go to Lone Rock Consulting. If you're new to this show, welcome, and I'm so glad you're spending a few minutes with me. If you find value in this episode, I invite you to follow, subscribe, add it so that you get two new episodes every week delivered right to your phone. My job is to give you ideas, things to think about, to share observations, best practices, learnings, and, and cause you to think about things and potentially 
um, make some adjustments in how you lead others and try to achieve whatever it is, whatever the destination is that you're working toward achieving personally and professionally. Okay, so um, let's let let me let me go through four things, you all, and share with you just things that I've developed and learned over the years that I th- that I believe have made me into a decent maybe slightly better than average communicator. And that's debatable, right? You could think, Russ, seriously, you're going to give tips on this? You're not that good at it. And you're welcome to believe that. There, there, there are some who believe a little differently, and, and I'm grateful that maybe I've developed some skills in this space. It's, it's uh, when I first met um, one of the founders of the firm that I used to work at, um, the consulting firm I used to work at, and and one of the founders, after he initially met me and saw me interacting with some clients, he, he said to me, Russ, wow, like you you speak in concentrated form. He's like, a lot of people imagine like orange juice. You know, when you buy frozen orange juice and you get that big old blob of orange icicles kind of that you just squeeze out of the uh, cardboard container the circular container you put it into the pitcher and then you're about to add water and mix that thing up he says you know most people speak like the the orange juice after you've put all that together you've added the water and you stir stirred it up and he said rush you speak in a way to where the words that come out of your mouth and the way you communicate you're you're that frozen concentrate in in the in that cardboard cylinder or that cardboard container and i thought okay okay maybe and uh, this is somebody who you know, I'd written multiple New York Times bestsellers Had built this amazing firm that was working with incredible organizations around the globe. And that feedback was meaningful to me. And there are uh, definitely advantages to being able to communicate with audiences in, in hopefully an engaging way. And there are there are drawbacks to it. Like there are things you have to be careful uh, about because words matter and 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 often i find myself speaking in a way that maybe it is so concentrated or so direct or so impactful if it is that um i have to watch it because then people like whoa holy cow russ just weighed in and said that and so it's it's a strength and it's also something you have to you have to you have to uh, manage that makes sense okay let me share with you these these four things and you all again this is from a lifetime of studying these things. Number one, the number one tip I'd share with you about connecting with an audience. Again, whether you're speaking just to two or three other people informally in the room, people you manage or whatever it might be, or whether you're in a given a keynote speech, speaking to 200 or 2000 people, you're standing in front of a congregation at church, you're in a zoom meeting, speaking to the whole company. You've been asked to whatever, whatever it might be. These four principles apply. Number one, visualize the one. And I'm going to give you a story to illustrate this point. So back in my media days, and, you know, I I oversaw a a pretty large marketing budget as we were building these media brands. So we'd buy billboards, we'd air commercials on our radio stations, we'd put them on, we'd buy TV commercials, we'd put ads in magazines and programs at the baseball, you know, Diamondbacks baseball games, or we'd have a 10 second commercial that was played in the stadium where the Arizona Cardinals player, whatever it might be, you're marketing. And so my job, part of my job 
was I, I had someone that oversaw that and they reported into me. And so I'd work with them on this on this uh, multi-million dollar budgets that we had to, to market or to image or brand our properties. And uh, and so I spent a lot of time in, in that space. And at one point we were running uh, pr- promos, what we call promos. So promotional commercials on our radio stations advertising at the time our traffic and weather product. So you might in your local town, I know that radio is nowhere near as um, listened to as it used to be. It's not as integral in, in most of our lives as it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. But um, let's go back a couple of decades and, you know, most people would tune into, we didn't have Google Maps and real-time traffic data and all of that. Now you just plug in the destination into Google Maps and it tells you where the, where the traffic problems are. It used to be before those apps existed, you'd have to listen to a radio station or watch TV in the morning or whatever and get traffic updates on your way into um, commuting during rush hour, right? And so that was, that was a major ratings draw for us. People would tune into our radio stations to get traffic and weather together every 10 minutes on the nines, right? And uh, just massive amounts, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people would tune in to catch those traffic updates or the weather update. What's it going to be like today? Again, before smartphones and where you can just open up an app and do that. Why in the world would you wait? 10 minutes or 20 minutes for an update on a radio or television station. Now that's insane. You just get it on your phone. And, uh, and so we were marketing, building these promotional commercials about why you wanted to listen to us in order to get that traffic and weather. And so the commercials would say something like this, you know, I, I, I'd write the scripts or I'd work with our marketing folks to, to write them. And it would be something like, the most credible team, the most, you know, we're in the, we're flying airplanes. We're in the air. We're on the ground team coverage, people all over the Valley. We we've got traffic covered for you. We're the most trusted name. We've, we've been doing it longer than anyone. We do more frequent updates, like all of these things, all these attributes that made us the best at it. And, and I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was a marketing genius. Maybe it was um, one of the consultants we used or an advertising agency. I don't know who it was. But they said to us, why are you talking about you? You're, like your, your, your commercials are, are putting the focus, the spotlight on you. Why wouldn't you choose in your commercials, in your promotional messages, to put the spotlight on who you're serving? So stop talking about you and stop focusing on how much better and greater and incredible and whatever it might be you are and put the spotlight on the listener, the person who needs that service. And that was a game changer for me. So we rewrote the commercials and here's what they sounded like. Every morning, Lisa needs to get her kids to school. She's got three of them. They're the love of her life. They mean everything to her. And as Lisa gets ready to go to work, she has to drop her kids off at school and little Johnny at daycare. Lisa can't be late. She needs her job in order to support her family. But sometimes in the course of dropping her kids off at school and daycare and then trying to get into the office, Lisa runs into traffic jams, unexpected detours and delays. Lisa doesn't have time for them. That's why she listens for traffic and weather together every 10 minutes on the nines on, and then our radio station. And 
it was such a different focus, you all. And we got so much impact from those commercials. And they sounded way better than I just gave them to you off the cuff um, because they had some music in it. And you could kind of hear the noise of Lisa starting up her car and the kids making the noise in the back seat and Lisa talking in. They could hear her turn on the radio and whatever. You see the difference? It's subtle but massive. And it's one of the fundamental misunderstandings of people when they speak. They're focused on them. I feel like I've got to come across smart. I feel like I've got to impress you. I feel like I need to tell you what my team is doing. I feel feel like I need to t- share with you w- the wisdom and genius <laughs> that I've developed on this. And I, I so I'm, the focus is on me and or our product. If I'm talking, if I'm a salesperson or if I'm talking to a customer, it's, 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 or I'm marketing something, I'm focusing on me and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, because I feel the need to have that confidence and I don't feel confident. And so I, it's all on me. And so the very first tip I would give you is visualize the one. Now, what I'm not saying is visualize the audience or visualize your, you know, whatever. No, I would need you to get down to just Lisa. And so this is how I do it. I'm speaking, you know, some organization will bring us out to put us on stage pre COVID in front of 2000 salespeople. And so I'm thinking about, well, what do they need? What do they want? What, what are their issues? What are their struggles? Let me, and, and, and what do they hope to gain out of this two hours or four hours or one hour that I'm going to spend on the stage in front of them? Like what value can I bring to them? What do they want? And I'm visualizing that one person, I'm thinking about them. And if it's, if it's a speech in the, in, you know, I'm in the room with them and I'm in a huge hotel, hotel ballroom or whatever, I'm getting there early. Right. And I'm looking at them and I'm meeting them. And then I'm remembering, I'm thinking, Oh, and I'm, I'm even interacting and asking them some questions and I'm, I'm digging in a little bit. And then what I'm doing is when I get there or when I get on stage, now I I'm speaking to that one. Cause I've met Frank and Wanda and, you know, whomever it is. And I'm, I'm visualizing the one and I'm trying to have empathy and connection with them. Visualize the one. Uh, and radio was such a good um, helper for me in this because when I was on the air, when I would anchor, like let's back when I lived in Utah, I was the anchor. I was the host of Utah's noon news with Russ Hill. That was my claim to fame. And I do, I do this one hour a day. You know, my job was to manage the news team in our, in our newsroom. And that was my full-time job and it was super busy, but I, I, I would anchor for one hour a day. I would, I would host the news. I had a producer that was working and the reporters out and we, whatever, and they were building all this stuff. And so in the middle of my day, I'd anchor this newscast. And so I'm sitting in a studio with a microphone actually kind of like what i'm in now but now i'm doing it at home i've got all the equipment because now you can afford it at home used to be only radio stations could afford the millions of dollars that it would take to record something like what i'm giving to you right now now you can buy it on amazon for under 500 bucks and you're off to the races that's why podcasting's exploded and uh, one of the reasons and um and so as I'm sitting in that studio hosting Utah's new news, it's just one of the you know things that I did in the media days, I would visualize who was listening. Oh, it's John. And John probably got out of a meeting at 1155 and he's racing to a lunch appointment with a key client that's 15 minutes or 20 minutes away. 
and he really needs to know what's happening with the stock market. He's concerned about his investments or he wonders how the legislature voted on this because he knew they were voting on that key issue that's going to affect his business this morning. Or he's wondering if he's going to be able to go skiing tomorrow, if that snowstorm's actually going to come through. And John's getting some text messages and he's got to get to whatever. And he's got a lot of things on his mind. So he's tuning in and I, I need to give him that. So I'm thinking about John. You with me? Instead of me going on, here are the news headlines. Here's what you need to know. Here's everything I'm speaking to. Even though I know 150,000 people are listening during this hour, I'm just thinking about John. I can see him. And I know I can feel the, the, the anxiety he's got about whether he's going to make the lunch on time and his concern about running late and, and how much he wants to go skiing tomorrow with his son. And they've been looking forward to it, but if the storm doesn't hit tonight or if it hits late, he's not going to be able to do it. So I can feel that emotion and I'm connecting and visualizing with the one that's the first principle. The second one, listen before speaking. So you want to uncover your audience's main question, their challenge, or their desire. I do this in Zoom work meetings all the time. Too many people are just so anxious to speak, like to, to just belch out whatever they're thinking. And, and when I'm at my best, I'm again, I'm back to that keynote. So if I'm, if I've been hired to come in or an organization's asked me to come in and speak to, you know, 1500, 2000, whatever it is, salespeople in the room, I'm actually connecting with a few of them before, and I'm actually listening to their concerns or issues or what they're hoping to get out of this two day or four day conference or whatever else it might be. I'm listening when I log into a zoom meeting or whatever, and it's with a client organization, let's say I'm listening. And I'm thinking through what's what 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 are the, what do they really mean? Like, what's the tone of this meeting? What's the desire of it? What's the emotion that the people in the room, the virtual room, are feeling? Like, w- what do we actually need to accomplish here? What are their questions, their challenges, or what did what did um, Susan mean? Like, she just said that, and she seemed to have some emotion with it. What do I think she really was trying to accomplish with that comment she was just making? What's her concern? What's her struggle? What's her question? What's our anxiety about? So I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to seek that out before I speak because I can bring more value and people are going to listen to me more if I'm actually responding to that. And if they feel like I heard them and I'm attuned to, I'm plugged into what they desire or what they're challenged with or what they don't understand. So I'm listening before I'm speaking, I'm consuming what's in the room before I offer something that I want people to pay attention to, or that I want to help that I want it to to bring value to them. Again, a client, my own team, the team that I'm on the, whatever it is, whomever it is. So that's number two, number three, focus your comments, people process in threes. And here's the challenge that so often happens is you're listening in a meeting, but the whole time you're listening, getting ready to comment, you're thinking about what you want to say and, and how much you're frustrated by what somebody else said or how you think this is the wrong, whatever, or you you've got this agenda that's developing in your mind. You've got emotion that's building in you. 
And so when it comes your time to speak, come off mute in a virtual meeting or in the room to stand up and speak or to raise your hand and offer an opinion or to get up at the pulpit or whatever, and it's your turn to speak, you belch so much nonsense and you've got so much energy around what you want to offer that you just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And I have no idea what your main point was. And I'm totally lost in either the emotion or all that you offer when it's your turn to speak that I don't, it's, it's, it's just diluted. And so you lose me. So I fall asleep. I tune out. I multitask. I don't listen. I move on to the next agenda item and you don't feel heard. You don't feel like, well, why, why am I not able to connect with people the way that someone else can? And so um, Churchill in the, if you didn't listen to, I think it was like two or three episodes ago, maybe it was one episode back where I, I played part of Churchill's speech, Winston Churchill in world war two. Cause everything happened in Ukraine and Russia right now is making me think about Europe and world war two. And so I went back and listened to some of Churchill's speeches and I played a, well, actually, and I play, I didn't play a clip. I played the whole thing. It was like four minutes that he delivered to the House of Commons when he was appointed by the king to become the prime minister. And he got in and he's speaking and he's talking about what they need to do in World War II. And he's trying to rally parliament in in the UK. And he narrows all that he has to say down to one word, victory, victory. So he's listening. He understands the mood. He knows what people in in, in, in England want to accomplish. He knows the emotion and he narrows it down when it's his turn to speak to what we're going to do here is we're going to we're, we're going to be victorious. The goal here is victory. One word. Zelensky is incredible at this. Just a few points. Ronald Reagan. Incredible. Steve Jobs. Jeff Bezos. Obama was really good at it when he ran for office and when he was scripted. But the longer he was in office, the more diluted his comments came in his news conferences. And I don't, I'm, I don't care what any of us, me, you, any of us think about politically about any of these people. Who cares? I'm talking about just from the form of communication right now. So Obama, the longer he was in office and then he'd go to a news conference and the press would start asking him questions. And he would dribble on for 14 minutes to answer one question and say 52 things. And everybody just started to tune him out. His effectiveness diminished. And um, his ability to communicate and, and connect with people was diluted. And, and so what, what I need you to do is visualize the one, listen before you speak. When it's your turn to speak or you get up or you raise your hand or you come off mute, I need you to focus your comments. What are the two things, the three things, the one thing? that you want to say in response to everybody else. Hey, you all, I just wanted to weigh in here. I've got two thoughts based on what we have been talking about. When you say that, everyone perks up. By the way, it focuses your comment. I do this all the time. It's a, it, it, it is a best practice I've learned studying connection with an audience. Hey, you all, I just want to offer three thoughts real quick based on the conversation we're having so far. Number one, this. Or you all, I just have one thought that I want to share with you. One observation um, based on the last couple of hours of us talking. And here it is. My one thought is this. Everybody listens. They tune in. They're very interested. When you speak up and you just start like you can't wait to unleash and you just start dribbling all this info, you've lost me. So focus your comments. One. 
two, at the most three comments, maybe four or five, but no more than that. Think about this episode, four things that I've learned in a lifetime of studying. If I wanted to be even more effective, I would have made it three because then you really tune into those. But I wanted to give four, (laughs) but it's a whole lot better than I'm going to share with you all the things I've learned in a lifetime of studying, connecting with an audience. You're like, well, that's too much. I just, I just want a couple of things. I just want a few things. So focus your comments. The last item, number four, cadence matters. You all, how you speak has a huge impact on whether or not I'm going to listen, whether or not the audience is paying attention. So when you dribble on, you just talk like a love really fast and you just kind of go and there's no emotion in your voice. There's no variance in it. There's no place for anybody to breathe or whatever else. And you're just kind of talking. You just keep going like this and there's no variance in your voice and it's all kind of flatlining. And you're just speaking at a million miles an hour and you're just just offering all these ideas. I don't know where to focus because none of these words are standing out and I just completely lost everything you just said. Or you speak so slowly and disconnect connected that I I can't keep up with you and it's annoying. You see the combination there? And so I'm, I don't claim to be the best at this, but I do claim to have developed some skills in this space. And so I vary, I go louder and I go softer and I go really fast. And I talk about a lot of things really quick. And then I slow down and I emphasize a few words. You all, I want to react to what Lisa said this morning. I've got three things that I want to offer in response to what we've been talking about. The first one, see the pause there? The first thing that I want to offer is pause. I'm slowing down. My paid, my pacing here is different. The first thing I want to offer you all is we've got to focus on the customer more. The customer matters. Let me give you an example of why I think this is important. Do you all hear that? Like I'm speaking in, in a cadence to where I'm, I'm, I'm going louder. I'm going softer. I'm, I'm stopping and hesitating. I, I'm, I've just studied how your brain works, how all of our brains work. Right. And so if you, I don't know if any of you ever listened to NPR, there's so much that's boring about, about NPR but um, which is national public radio, or at least that's what it used to mean here in the U S and um, in their, in their uh, it's a radio station, right? Or they do different podcasts. They, they strategically put pauses in their, in their programming in order for the brain to process what they just said. So let me give you an example. They'll do a report on the, uh, the uh, atrocities in the Ukraine, how Rus- Rus- uh, Russian, Russian soldiers have, um, committed war crimes and uh, and killed civilians in a particular city, and 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 they've just given you a report, uh, a two minute or three minute report on the radio from their correspondent in Ukraine about the atrocities. And then as soon as that report ends, you know it, it will end with "I'm Mary um, Jones in the Ukraine," and then they'll pause for a second on the air. And then they'll play a little music, like 10 seconds of just some like instrumental music before they go to their next report. Why do they do that? Because the science shows that you need time to process, react to, think about what you just heard. 
And so I do that as well in speaking. In a podcast, you'll hear me do it. In a keynote in front of an audience, I do it. Speaking in church, I do it. Teaching a lesson. In a, in a Sunday school class at church, I do it. In, in a meeting with an executive team, in a phone call, a coaching call with an executive leader of one of the companies that we consult, I stop. I hesitate a little bit. And now for me, it's just ingrained. It's just how I do it. I don't think about it anymore. When you're developing that skill, you got to think about it a little bit. And the reason I do that is I know that you need time to process what I just said. You all, I, I think we don't put the customer, we don't make the customer enough of a priority. And so the first point that I want to make in reaction to what we've been talking about this morning is we need to put the customer first. And as I say that, I know that some of you are thinking, well, Russ, we do that. And it's my position that I don't think we do. And so I just want to offer a little data. Do you, do you hear that? Those pauses in there. And they could be half a second or one or two or three seconds long. And it really causes that those comments or that communication to be much more effective and engaging. Where the typical person would just like diarrhea of the mouth. I'm sorry, but that's what it is. You all just think we don't put the customer for uh, straight enough or, or they're not, not enough of a priority and we need to make the customer more of a priority. And I've got some data and I'm going to show you some slides here in just a minute about how we need to do that. I've got no space to breathe. I can't process what you're saying. My brain doesn't work that way. I need variance in your tone. I need variance in the speed. I need pockets in there to process what you're saying. Cadence matters. Okay. We could do a whole lot more. You could study more on that if you want. And you don't have to be perfect at it. You don't have to be amazing at it, but just understand that when you speak, if you just keep going, or if you're so slow or monotone, I can't stand listening to you. I think you're incredible. And I really want to pay attention to what you're saying. And I'm sure there's tons of value in it, but you're just, my brain doesn't process that way. And I've got this smartphone with a million notifications going off. And I've got that email that I've got to respond to. And I've got that conversation that I just had with someone that's on my mind. And I've got all of these things that are competing for my brain's attention. And you aren't commanding demanding my attention based on the way you're communicating. And so I tune out. So four things you all, I could go into a lot more. Perhaps I'll offer some more in another episode, direct message me on LinkedIn. If this is valuable to you, do you want me to talk more about this in future episodes? Do you find any value in what I'm sharing here? Does this matter to you? Uh, like I would love some feedback from you all. And the way to do that, the link to connect with me on LinkedIn, if you haven't done it already, is uh is in the show notes just swipe up swipe over you'll see the link tap on it connect with me on linkedin and send me a direct message i want to hear from you on this one is this valuable so i'm just going to review for you real quick do you want me to do more episodes by the way on this do you want me to dig in because there's more than four i'm just giving you four items in this episode but i've got a lot more things i want to share with you not like a a million list item but i could give you another four that i think would be super helpful if that's valuable to you Okay, so the four in this episode, number one, visualize the one Lisa in her car trying to drop off the kids, the salesperson in this meeting. What are they struggling with? The executive in that room, 
the 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 churchgoer sitting in the congregation what are they thinking what are they feeling okay visualize the one number two listen before speaking what's their question what's the emotion they're feeling what's their challenge or desire number three focus your comments one thing two three four maybe five but don't you dare put that PowerPoint slide up there with 23 points. I can't process it. Number four, cadence matters. How you speak has a huge impact, whether you're connecting with the person on this phone call, whether the audience is listening to you, whether you're commanding attention in this meeting. Cadence matters. Okay, that's it. I hope that's helpful. I got more for you if you want it. Direct message me if you do. Okay, I hope you're healthy. I hope you're doing well. And I hope that you'll work on connecting with the people that you speak to. You got tons of experience and wisdom and value to bring to people, but how you deliver that, it matters. And that's what I'm trying to get to in this episode. We'll talk to you soon. Hope you're doing well. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks podcast with Russ Hill.